Hello and happy Sunday, happy week. I hope that um, you're dealing okay, better than uh, most politicians and people out there with the Mars retrograde. It's kind of um, interesting how many examples are bombarded in the news and everywhere with this Mars retrograde. And what I also noticed is that Pluto in Aquarius, that's supposed to start happening only in a few months in December, eh, sorry, in um, a February, no, March, in March 24, next year, is try, is already starting to get these echoes, these reverberations. It's almost as if uh, we can expect an army to come and occupy the, the, uh, the lands of Aquarius. But even though it's not here yet, Pluto is not yet in Aquarius, uh, only in a few months, like we said, March 24, we can start feeling that influence in a sense uh, i think that because it's a global planet meaning that it's a, or a social or generational planet a dwarf planet meaning that it's so slow it takes 250 years to go around the sun that even though in a few months only it's moving into aquarius we already feel like it's in aquarius because again slow planets it takes them time to move from one archetype to the other and this pluto is going to be on and off, almost as if he can't really make up his mind if he wants to be in Capricorn, which is more traditional and conservative, or if he wants to be in Aquarius, which is headed towards, which is more open and democratic. But until the end of 2000, I think until November of 2024, Pluto is going to go back and forth between these two archetypes. And I told you it's going to bring a lot of extremism in both sides, the left and the right, the old and the new, the past and the future, the young and the mature. So... We'll see how this is played out. And again, it could be also that we're getting echoes of that Pluto in Aquarius because, as you remember, Mars is now retrograde and Mars and Pluto share rulership over Scorpio. So it could be that that's one of the reasons why we're feeling it much more. Another possibility is that Aquarius, the ruler of Aquarius, is right now in Taurus. Sorry. Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, is right now in Taurus. So it could be that that also creates some kind of echoes or a reverberation of that archetype. So we'll talk about it a little bit. And maybe if we'll have time, I'll talk about uh, sandals and why I don't like them and had to get one. So let's start off with, um, as we always do in the, in the week ahead. And again, this week is going to be pretty powerful because we have a, a very significant uh, new moon. A new moon in Sag, which we desperately need. We need the archetype of Sagittarius to come and help us right now because Sages are full of optimism and uh, carefree, love, life-loving energy that we really desperately now need. So, as you know, we are now in Aquarius, in um, Sagittarius um, tribe, we're in ter Sagittarius territories. And what's so beautiful about Sagittarius and their message and where they are located in the Zodiac year is that uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, the days now, if you noticed, are getting shorter and shorter. Before they begin, they already end, especially if you're up north. So it is a pretty depressing time. That's why a lot of people experience seasonal affective disorder, which is actually called SAD, very appropriately. And the fact that we are losing our light. You know, one of the most important things that we can do right now is right when you wake up to spend at least 10, 15 minutes, that's according to research, in sunlight. Uh, just go outside if you can. Uh, just have a little walk in the sun. If you have to stand in the window and absorb that, like uh, you know, like the plants we put in the windowsills, that's totally fine as well. But apparently, the sun, Apollo, the god of health, is also the god of plagues. But the god of health uh, can really help you, especially right now when we are during in Sagittarius, when the nights again are getting bigger and bigger. But the way to look at it, and we'll talk about it more as we get closer to the. A winter solstice, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere in December 2021, is that basically the goddess, the uh, the night is associated with yin, of course, the goddess. That's why in the yin-yang symbol, it's the black part. She represents being pregnant right now with the god of light, with the savior that's supposed to be born on the winter solstice, what is called the gateway of the gods. And we're heading towards that and I think that that's one of the reasons why, A, Sagittarius is the sign of wisdom and philosophy and religion. Because in the old world, when, of course, astrology was created, 
most of the gods and goddesses that were worthwhile worshipping were born on the winter solstice. The idea is that the goddess is giving birth to the child of light and the child of light is tiny and small on the 20th of uh, December because obviously the day is really, really short. But what's happening a day after the winter solstice is that the day gets longer and bigger and stronger and the night is constricting its its uh, womb in a sense its stomach uh, the goddess is getting back into shape as days get bigger and bigger and the night gets shorter after the 20th 21st of december so what you can say sagittarius represent is the wisdom of hope the wisdom of a the, uh, tan, the light at the end of the tunnel, in a sense, the idea is that in the darkest time is when we get the most connected to our inner truth. That's why Sagittarius is all about the sign of truth. That's why we celebrate Hanukkah, which is a celebration of bringing more and more light every day. I think it's in the, what is it, the 17, 18, 18, I think, of December this year. It's going to be very close to Christmas. That's why we spe- celebrate Christmas as the holiday of light. That's why we have Yule, the Celtic Yule, which is a celebration of light. We're trying to bring light in the darkest time of the year. And it's kind of us participating with creation because in many ways it is, is up to us to bring light because nature is not hiding the light but using the light to give the goddess the energy she needs to help this child of light germinate in her womb and then start again the year on the 21st of March when the child is strong enough and big enough to walk around on his own. That will be the spring equinox. So the story of Sagittarius is the story of hope, of optimism. Yes, the nights are very long and it seems to be ter- terrible, but we're we're here to support the birth of the child of light. And the last day of Sagittarius, which is also the first day of Capricorn, is when that god of light or goddess of light will be born. And we know that Artemis and Apollo, they were twins obviously, were born on this uh, solstice. That's why again, the gateway of the gods, we know about Osiris, of Horus, Atis, Mart- Marduk, all the gods and goddesses that were worthwhile uh, were born at that time. By the way, that's why 400 years after Jesus died, uh, the church dragged him from being an Aries into being a Capricorn born on the solstice, hence why we celebrate uh, Christmas. But Christmas was celebrated the first time only in the 4th century, so it took them almost 350 years to figure that out. But what is happening to us um, uh, this week, or what is the general vibe this week of course we have the new moon which is always good leading up to the new moon you might feel a little bit more down a little bit more depleted of energy that is because because as above so below if the moon is shedding her light so do we so this is a great time until june um, until december 7 we have three more days to shed whatever it is that you don't want to get rid of whatever holds you back But if you look at the chart, if you're able to see for you guys, Instagram, I will translate to you what I see. For those of you on Zoom, you can actually see it. You see that there is a very strong opposition happening today and the opposition is going to get tighter and tighter and tighter until December 7th, December 8th, which is the new moon in Sagittarius. Now, why is sorry, sorry, full moon, forget the new moon, full moon in Sagittarius. So uh, when we get to that full moon stage, which is going to be December 7 and 8, that's going to be the peak of that emotionality in a sense, just because uh, we are getting into the completion of the uh, cycle of the sun and the moon. They're standing opposite to each other. When you stand opposite to the mirror, instead of just like on the side, you can see everything. Everything is very clear. So there's no hiding when there is the full moon. Uh, that's why, again, the werewolf transform into uh, wolves, in a sense, because you can't hide what is inside of them. So inside of them, usually, there is this wolf that is lurking. Uh, on the full moon, the time of instinct, the completion of the light of the uh, the moon, the werewolf comes out. So that's what's happening to us around the full moon. And again, the reason why it is a little bit difficult, this opposition of the sun and uh, Mars, and it can affect Aries, it can affect Scorpio, it affects definitely Gemini, it affects Sagittarius the most, you can say, is that because this opposition of the sun and Mars is going to get even tighter and stronger when we're going to have the new moon, it's a full moon. It's kind of interesting. We had an eclipse already. If you remember on November 8th, that was... um, 
that's the last full moon eclipse, the lunar eclipse, where the FTX and all that uh, drama happened because the sun and the moon were opposite and the moon was on top, if you remember, Uranus, because the last new moon, a full moon we had, we had it in Taurus. So it was on top of Uranus. Again, Uranus is currencies. Uranus is uh, everything that has to do with technology, innovation, uh, cryptocurrency. All of those were part of this Aquarius or Uranus archetype. And because it was a lunar eclipse falling right, and remember if it was 16 degrees Aquarius, 16 degrees Taurus, the moon and Uranus, that was a very, very tight uh, conjunction of the moon and Uranus. And of course, in the full moon, if the moon is in conjunct with Uranus and the full moon is happening, it means automatically by default that the sun is opposite to Uranus and to the moon. The same thing is happening to us in the next full moon. The only difference is it's not a lunar eclipse, it's just a full moon, but it's going to be with Mars. So we had last month uh, the conjunction, but, but precise, tight conjunction, like an absolute conjunction, like a, a perfect conjunction, you can say. It was 16 degrees, 16 degrees. That was last week. Uh, last month, sorry, and this month is going to be once again the same kind of conjunction. Mars is going to sit perfectly on top of the moon. So if last time the theme was um, disruption, unpredictability, revolutions, everything has to do with cryptocurrency, this time it's much more Mars. And Mars is the god of war, energy, movement, leadership. Uh, it could be very destructive and it could be very much associated with information because the full moon is going to be associated with Gemini and especially lies versus the truth because the truth is associated with Sagittarius and lies is associated with Gemini. Nothing personal with Gemini. Gemini is basically ruled by Mercury. Mercury is the god of liars and thieves. So Gemini is connected to that that ability to hold the truth and lies at the same time, like two sides of the coin. And the idea is that a Gemini gives us that ability to see things with like truth and alternative truth. And because it's opposite to Sagittarius, which is the truth, it can cause quite a lot of clashes and drama. So we can expect this full moon to be a little bit more aggressive than the last one. But very similar in nature because, again, we have a complete conjunction happening at the same time. So what happens today? Today, actually, we have the moon moving into Taurus. So the moon in Taurus is the moon of success. It's the six of diamonds in the playing card. It's the six of discs in the tarot card, which is literally called success. So today there is success in the air. So if you need to achieve anything today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow is great. In general... We're going to start having the stationary and retrograde Mercury on December 28th, right after Christmas, if you celebrate it, and just before New Moon, if uh, New Year, if you celebrate it. But anyway, even if you don't celebrate it, it is going to be a, a pretty powerful a Mercury retrograde. And the reason why it's going to retrograde in Capricorn is because we're going to have it at the same time that Mercury is retrograde is that Mars is retrograde in Gemini. So we're going to have two retrogrades happening at the same time. Next year, by the way, from August 23rd until September 5, we're also going to have two retrogrades. We're going to have Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde. So this year is kind of double retrogrades all the time. And 2023, it also starts on a double retrograde. But the idea is that you want to accomplish as much as you can before December 28th. So this is going to be uh, an important thing for you to kind of like look into what is it that you don't want to bring into 2023 and to get rid of it and clean it up before Mercury retrograde is coming your way, which is December 28th. So today the moon is in Taurus. It's actually very good. Tomorrow and the day after it's going to be a little bit more complicated just because the moon is going to be on top of Uranus. You know, echoes of what was going on uh, on November 8th we're gonna, is going to be happening this week, uh, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, just because the moon is returning to that same spot she was when she had the lunar eclipse. So a, bit, a little bit more sensitive. We'll talk about it in a second. But today overall is a good day to begin new things. Again, you know, Mars is retrograde, so it depends what you want to begin. But this is a great time to start it because the moon is still growing. So even though she's towards the end of her journey, so she's kind of slowing down before the uh, a full moon, still she's moving forward. After that, she's going to start retreating her light and giving up her light. That's going to start from the 7th, 8th of December for two weeks. So 
this is the last time in the year when you have this thrusting energy forward without the Mercury retrograde, without the Mars retrograde, uh, sorry, with the Mars retrograde, but without Mercury retrograde. So this is a good time to push forward. So today, especially, even if you think about things that you want to accomplish or want to succeed in, it's great. Also, this is a great time to listen to your dreams. Remember, we talked about Neptune conjunct with Jupiter in Pisces. So anything to do with yoga, meditation, mysticism, poetry, uh, intuition really flows very strongly right now. And the interesting thing that's also happening today, I think we talked about it last week, is that today, precisely, we have the conjunction of Minerva and the Black Moon. So what it basically talks about is two different archetypes. One of them doesn't really exist. The Black Moon is just a point. It's a point where the moon is furthest away from us, uh, occupying the other focal point of the uh, elliptical course of the moon around the sun around uh, uh, the earth. The idea is that she represents where we're misunderstood. Uh, she represents, um, I always look at her as the uh, evil godmother, fairy godmother who wasn't invited to the party and came anyway bearing curses instead of gifts. So it's kind of an energy that talks about our fears, our insecurities. And she's again, opposite today, perfectly to Pluto. So if you are feeling emotional, if you're feeling that people are manipulative around you, even people who are supposed to be very close to us, if you feel emotionally inadequate, if you feel guilty, especially guilt is very, very strong these days because guilt is associated with cancer. And now Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, is in cancer and Black Moon is in cancer and they're one on top of each other. And they're opposite Pluto, which is the sign of manipulation, the ruler of Scorpio. So there's definitely a, a lot of um, undertone, dark energies, manipulation, possessiveness, uh, wanting to control people because uh, you're afraid they're not going to love you for what you are. So there's uh, a lot of these insecurities are coming out. They're going to get easier and easier because the black moon is going to pass the conjunction very, very soon. So today, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you're going to still have it. But after that, it gets better. And the good news is that Jupiter is there to protect us. Because if you can see there, Jupiter is sending a beautiful blue line to both Minerva and the black moon, uh, as well as Neptune. But Neptune is um, past it already, but Jupiter is still to get there. So the idea is that Jupiter, the father of Minerva, is helping us quite a lot right now. So that's not too bad. So what it basically means is that you have to be a little bit more careful with your emotional expression, with your guilt casting or guilt absorbing, uh, shame, all of those things, just to stay away from them. And you know, you might feel manipulative and there is a chance that it's true, but there is also a chance that it could be an inner manipulation inside of you thinking that somebody is manipulating. So just be careful of these loops. If we look at um, tomorrow, what's going on, the moon is still in uh, Taurus. And like I told you, she's going to be on top of the of uh, Uranus and on top of the North Node. This is actually not too bad. So when the North Node is touching a planet, what it does, it tells us, you see this? This you should learn. So right now, the North Node is sitting on top of the moon. Remember that this whole year and a half, almost a year, the moon, sorry, Neptune, the Uranus and the North Node are in conjunction. It was speaking, if you remember, last uh, July, August, we talked about it, innovation, everything it has to do with revolution, thinking things differently. And that is very rare when the North Node and Uranus meet in uh, Taurus. But whatever in your chart, even when you have a planet close to the North Node, it's what you need to learn. If you have a planet close to the South Node, it's what you need to, like Yoda said, unlearn. So the idea is that now in Monday, especially what you need to learn is to nurture, to, uh, to feed, to mother, to parent, to create some sense of security and home, which is really interesting because just today, like I told you, there is so much of the opposite energy of that. So it's almost as if the moon is coming to soothe whatever is happening to us uh, around that black moon and Minerva conjunction. So the moon, the ruler of cancer, is going to be in Taurus. Great. She's going to be on top of the north node. Amazing. And she's going to be helping, uh, helping us to heal some of the negativities coming from the black moon Minerva conjunction in cancer. The only thing is that the moon is also on top of Uranus on Monday and Tuesday, and that means unpredictable emotional things. So you might feel up, you might feel down, uh, you might feel sad when you're supposed to feel happy, you might feel happy when you're supposed to feel sad. So it's a little bit confusing 
uh, tomorrow, especially because tomorrow is a Monday and it's a moon day and the moon is really active tomorrow when she sits on top of the North Node and top of Uranus. There is a little bit of the crazy woman uh, syndrome happening up there. So either you're going to meet women who can be a little bit off, a little bit crazy, family members that are a little bit unpredictable, or the feminine inside in you is acting out in a way. So yes, there's definitely a little bit more of uh, challenges on a emotional inner level on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, the energy is continuing. The only thing is that the moon is going to be in Taurus without having to sit on top of Uranus, which is much easier in a sense. You still have the moon um, in uh, Taurus, which is the exalted, which is great. The only problem we're having is that sun opposite to Mars is getting tighter and tighter. That basically means that this week in general is guided by unexpected wars, aggression, clashes uh, of people it could be even with foreign places uh, foreign people or between countries because sun in Sagittarius is usually about foreign cultures and foreign traditions and we have Mars in Gemini which means conflict within the country or within the um, let's say within your county even so Gemini always represents places you can travel easily or travel with travel within your own country Sagittarius talks about traveling outside of your own country other cultures and they're opposite to each other in a sense it's very much us versus them situation so maybe again certain things are going to come up about immigration or about our lands and their lands and so forth but the idea is that this opposition is going to get stronger and stronger on December 7 and 8 when we have the official full moon. Again, all of that is getting worse because of the Mars retrograde. So again, be a little bit more careful, especially with your energy level, with aggression, with your temper uh, around the 6, 7, 8, and 9. So this week, just watch that. The um, other thing that's happening to us this week, and it's going to happen on a Wednesday, is that Mercury is going to move sign to Capricorn for a while. It's going to be there until February, I think, because it's going to be retrograding Capricorn. But that in a second. Besides that, on uh, Tuesday, we have anything else interesting? The conjunction of Minerva and uh, the Black Moon is still continuing. The the opposition to Pluto still continues. That's going to be the whole theme this week. So this week is a week of oppositions. We have Pluto opposite to the Minerva and the Nor and the and Black Moon Lilith, and we have the Sun opposite to Mars. Then we're going to have the Full Moon, which is the Sun opposite to the Moon. So you definitely have to be aware that this uh, this week. A lot of your problems are objective, meaning things that are really out there. It's not necessarily some things that you're thinking about. It's basically oppositions. Opposition usually means that something is standing in in my way. Something is supposed to get out of there so for me to move forward. So uh, Tuesday, we still have that opposition, but the moon in Taurus is definitely a moon of success, a moon of uh, change, a moon of uh, um, being able to ground yourself. And the moon is sending beautiful energy to Neptune and Jupiter, which is always really helpful. Uh, the moon is um, squaring. Yeah, the moon is going to be squaring to uh, Monday and Tuesday with Saturn. Again, it puts a little bit more emphasis of challenges in relation to your feminine side and women around you in general. Now, the things shift dramatically on Wednesday when the difficulties and oppositions are becoming more masculine because we're going to have the moon in Gemini masculine, the sun in, Gem in Sagittarius masculine, Mars in Gemini, which is more a masculine energy. And masculine, I'm just basically mean uh, pushing forward, having to do things, having to um, feel like you're going out, not necessarily in. So the uh, precise full moon is happening on December 7th and 8th, depending where you are in the world. Uh, if you're in the in the United States, it's more the seventh. In the UK, it's more the eighth. The idea is that it is a precise full moon happening in I think uh, 16 or 17 degrees, if I remember. Uh, I'll show you in a second when we talk about the Sabian symbol and all that. But the idea is that it's very rare for the moon to sit right, right, right on top of Mars on that full moon in Sagittarius. And the full moon in Sagittarius, again, it's uh, very much about my information versus other people's information, my philosophy versus other people's philosophies, higher education versus lower education. 
He talks about also truth versus lies uh, and how we deal with data and information in general. And because Mars is there, it adds a little bit more aggression uh, to it. It's almost like what's happening now with Twitter, with all the uh, crazy right wing. If you noticed um, uh, accounts that are starting to pop up uh, suddenly in between your feed, that's definitely part of that Mars opposite to uh, um, the sun. And if we look specifically at other things that are happening that um, day, yeah, there's a beautiful trine on Wednesday between the sun and Chiron, which is actually talking about a lot of healing being done, a lot of teaching, a lot of shamanism. And then we have Mercury on Wednesday moving until February into Capricorn. That means deliberate thought. It means good for long-term plans, a strategy, really sitting down and deciding what do I want to accomplish in 2023. So we're having already this new resolution vibe starting to happen. It's almost as if it's less about what, uh, how to sum up the last year, but more how to f- prepare for the next year. So we're going to have... Mercury in Capricorn, Venus is going to join Capricorn uh, also around Friday, Saturday this uh, week. So we are moving from Sagittarius into Capricorn in preparation for the 20th of uh, 21st of December for the winter solstice. But the moon on top of Mars, we're going to have an instinct to fight, an instinct to confront, an instinct to say no, an instinct to um, put down. So be careful of not shooting first and then asking questions. Uh, so because Mars retrograde can cause that a lot, especially when the moon is involved, because the moon is a reflex, it's instinct. It's almost as it doesn't think. So you have the moon and Mars together. Mars is retrograde, so he's depleted, he's not really happy, and he's opposite uh, to the sun. Uh, so that definitely on uh, December 7th and 8th is a little bit lunatic. It's a full moon and it causes everybody to act out a little bit. So just to be a little bit more careful. And Jupiter is getting closer and closer to shift energy to Aries. Remember, we're going to have it in uh, around the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere that not only we're going to have the longest night of the year, but also we're going to have Jupiter moving into Aries that's going to last all the way up until middle of May. We'll talk about it more and see where it affects the signs maybe next week or the week after. The idea is that Wednesday, December 7, represents a certain kind of an end, a certain kind of a completion of something that uh, started about two weeks ago. So you can go back two weeks before uh, Wednesday to see what was going on around then because it's kind of a completion of that. The idea is that um, besides that... Yeah, with Mercury in uh, Capricorn, you have to think slower, talk a little bit slower, take longer breaths uh, in between decisions. I mean, everything that has to do with patience, persistence, endurance, plans is happening much more for us when Mercury is in Capricorn, which I said is going to be there until February. Usually Mercury spends three three weeks in a sign. This time it's going to be Longer because he's going to go forward, stop, retrograde, stop, going forward. So he's going to spend a lot of time in Capricorn. We're also going to have Pluto in Capricorn, like I said, until December 24. Sorry, until March 24 next year. So definitely uh, this month, is there is a lot of changes of signs. Now, if we look at Thursday, the moon is still in Gemini. Moon in Gemini, again, is very good for business, communication, marketing, sales, networking, getting your ideas straight. Especially with Mercury being in Capricorn, it actually could help a a little bit because it can ground a, a little bit more the energies of Gemini, which now is all over the place. But the idea is that uh, that day depends where you are in the world. But overall, the 7th and the 8th of December is when the full moon is happening, right when the moon is on top of uh, Mars. Just be extra careful with how you deal with your energy level, how you deal with your your body, how you deal with your words especially. Mars in Gemini retrograde can cause little words to transform into big fires and big wars. So be extra, extra careful. Um, then we have on Friday, the moon is moving into Cancer. It's mellowing things up a little bit. Moon in Cancer is more emotional, more sensitive, more uh, connected to emo- to feelings, to home, to family. So it's interesting that the moon goes in the weekend back home. So all this weekend coming up is going to be the moon in Cancer, feeling in home, feeling connected to home. And the moon is going to be also moving in Saturday and Sunday on top of Minerva and on top of the Black Moon. 
The thing is that uh, we're going to have the conjunction there still. Yeah, the conjunction, I mean, the opposition between Pluto and uh, Minerva and the Black Moon is extending. So <clears throat> we're still in that funky mode for a while, uh, maybe until the Black Moon decides to move to Leo, which is going to be there for nine months. That's going to happen a little bit later down the line. The idea is that um, uh, on Friday, it's going to be very good for you to talk more with I feel instead of I think, spend more time in family, slow down the energies a little bit, and to be aware that the moon is going to be joining on Saturday and Sunday the opposition to Pluto. So that feeling of manipulation or power struggle might actually get stronger uh, over the weekend. So if we look at Saturday, the moon is in Cancer still. She's actually sending beautiful energy to the north and the south node. So there's some kind of release of negative karma around that time. And also Saturday and Sunday is kind of a brilliant uh, uh, time. You have basically Uranus sending a beautiful energy to the moon and the moon sending great energy to the north and the south node. So that basically talks about more comfort, more humor with the family, and more fun. So it should be actually a nice time to spend with family Saturday, Sunday, uh, especially if you can do it by water. And of course, the moon being so close to uh, the black moon and to Minerva is going to bring a lot of insight, insight to some of, again, your insecurities and your fears, but also some insight to your wisdom. That's what's happening when you have Minerva, which is wisdom and strategy on top of the black moon, which is very subconscious and emotional and insecure. You might actually have the ability to have the wisdom to overcome your insecurities, especially around Saturday and Sunday. I mean, it's not a base day maybe to do some therapy, but maybe you can do self-therapy around that time. Because again, Uranus is insight. It's going to send beautiful energy to the moon, beautiful energy to Minerva, even to the black moon. And uh, because there is such a great line between the moon and the, and the north node and the south node, you can actually heal a lot of your karma. And on that day, Saturday, the moon is moving into Capricorn. Moon in Capricorn for the next few weeks means getting along better with people that are mature, people who are older than you, people who you've known for a long time, people from the past might show up. And in general, Capricorns can be very helpful for you in the next few weeks. So definitely we're going to have on Saturday a shift from Sagittarius into Capricorn, from fire into earth, from masculine into feminine. And that's going to lead us also into Sunday where we're going to still have the moon in uh, Cancer and she's going to be precisely touching the black moon and Minerva. So that will be an interesting next Sunday. So we'll dedicate next Sunday for them. And funny enough, Hey, we're talking about Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. The moon will be touching her for the first time this year. And your humble servant will be in Sofia next Sunday, uh, giving you that, let's say, that information about wisdom, at least. I won't claim wise about wisdom uh, from Sophia, the goddess of wisdom. So that will be very auspicious for us. So again, just take heed from the full moon that is attached to Mars. So let's see now what um, I have for you. Yeah, so first of all, before I forget, if you guys are in London or if you are in um, Paris, I'm going to be there actually in January and I'm going to do readings and also a past lifetime regression classes on 2023. So let me email me or let me know. I, get, I did put in the chat room and on the Instagram, you can see it on my bio, all the dates that I'm going to be in Paris, in London, I'm going to be next week in Sofia, then I'm going to be in Istanbul and also in Tel Aviv. So if you want to meet in person for a reading, and in most places I'm doing book signings and readings. Uh, in Paris, I don't think I've been since uh, the beginning of the pandemic, so that will be interesting to go back to. But uh, for England, definitely email me as soon as you can for readings because they get usually um, booked up before I come. And um, today, if you are in Hollywood or in Los Angeles, actually, I'm going to do a, a book signing here in Silver Lake, which is the closest I've ever done to my home. So if you're here on Sunday, today, Sunday at 5 p.m. in L.A., you can join me again. You're going to see the links in the chat room. Yes, this is my holiday gift to you. Some of you have already seen it or noticed it. Uh, maybe I'm going to add that link to the Instagram as well. So as you know from uh, my book on 2023, uh, this one, yes, um, there is a section there that is called Special Guest Stars, where there is 
every month, detailed 20, 30 entries of each of the month, important days, how to deal with those days, certain aspects that's happening. Basically, similar to what we're doing here. And then I had the idea of why not create a calendar for you guys so you can download it, download it to your iCloud or to your iPhone, not iCloud. Yeah, to your iCloud, to your iPhone calendar or to your Outlook, whatever it is that you're using. So if you go to my website, you can see here uh, under the astrology of 2023, there, my website, by the way, is cosmicnavigator.com. You'll see important days to notice. You just have to click on it. And if you click on it, so it's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to come down to this uh, calendar. And then you'll see on the calendar, for example, now we're in December. It's not really starting for 2022. Uh, on 2022, you'll only see the Mars retrograde. But you'll see, for example, on the 28th, like I told you, oops, you see Mercury retrograde and uh, the first conjunction of the year. And then if you click on it, it will give you a little bit of an explanation. And you can see here, if you subscribe to the calendar, you can go to Google Calendar, iCalendar, Outlook 365, Outlook Live. You can export it. You can export Outlook. And in other words, you can basically use it. And if you go down the, the, the month, you'll see that every day, basically, it has some kind of entry. And that way you can plan ahead. You know that you know that you need to do some kind of business in March. You can go ahead in the calendar in March and see what dates are problematic, what dates are really good for you. And it is supposed to translate uh, the time to where you are because this one is uh, for uh, universal time. And I think that when you download it, it basically um, calculates where you are. And that could really, I think, be a practical tool that you can use uh, for um, planning the year ahead. So let's see. I'll bring us back to um, the sharing. So anyway, I know that some of you couldn't see it, but the idea is that you go to my website, CosmicNavigator.com. You click on the important days to notice. It's under the banner of the Astrology of 2023 book, and you just download it for free. This is your holiday gift, so you might as well use it because it took me a long time to do. Talking about guilt creating. Uh, this is my black moon to you. Stargazing on uh, December 7th, if you look northwest, it will be very interesting because it will be you'll be able to see everything we talk about happening up there as well. So the moon will turn full just as Mars arrives to be opposite to the sun. And it's going to result in the most perfect alignment in space for a while of the sun, earth, moon and Mars. So what happens is that right as the moon is rising, uh, you'll be able to see the, that up to the top a little bit to the left you see a really bright red planet it's not a, a satellite it's not a, a putin's nuke coming your way it is mars the god of war uh, coming and if los angeles you see it uh, the, the interesting thing is what happened is that because because it's a full moon and the sun is going to be behind the moon obviously it's going to be occulted almost like an eclipse in a sense that's why i said that it's uh, very similar to the eclipse we had in november 8 especially because we're still dealing not with scorpio moon like it was last time or Scor sorry the scorpio uh, sun with the moon in taurus now it's going to have a uh, mars the ruler of scorpio opposite uh, to the sun so that is a pretty intense thing for us. So pay attention to it. Um, in Los Angeles, for example, from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., the Mars is going to disappear. In uh, Toronto, for example, it's going to be 10.30 to 11.17 p.m. Every place it's going to be different. You can actually look online to see when is Mars going to disappear on December th 7th. Um, yeah, so... What will be good for you to do? I mean, not all of you guys can... In America, you can actually watch it. It's going to be a little bit harder, obviously, because of the time uh, in um, uh, Europe. But again, you'll be able to see the Mar Mars and the moon and the moon occulting Mars, basically um, hiding Mars. And that means that Mars and the moon are there together. Now, the moon represents emotion. Mars represents anger. You can put it together. People might be explosive with their anger, say things they regret, 
Um, it might bring emotional things out there. Uh, people might have a lot of anger issues or anger management problems. It could also be that the moon, again, is occulting the action. It's kind of covering the action. So your action might be misunderstood. So just watch it uh, December 7th and 8th. But if you want to watch it, uh, you can go ahead and look up and see it. So this is the uh, full moon that we're going to have on uh December 7th and 8th, and the Sabian symbol is a, a head of a youth changes into that of a mature... Yeah, the head of a youth changes into that of a mature thinker. Kind of interesting. Um, that is some kind of positive thing, let's say, because Sagittarius is all about thinking, about philosophy. Uh, Gemini is usually young people, so we have some kind of events that maybe will make our heads more mature or seeing things in a more mature way, which totally also makes sense that Mercury, I told you a day before, goes into Capricorn, which is the sign of maturity and wisdom. So what we have is, as you can see, the sun is going to be 16 degrees Sagittarius, the moon, therefore, opposite, 16 degrees Sagittarius, and you can see Mars, 16 degrees Sagittarius. It's a perfect conjunction. So that is a little bit intense. So definitely watch the news Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can actually start watching the news now because it's not like only in that day it's happening. Sometimes things lead up to that. Um. Let's see this we talked about. Yeah, I want to talk about past lifetime and fashion. I know it's kind of a strange um, combination. Might people think, what what is the connection between fashion, which is Libra, which is supposed to be very superficial, and past lifetimes that relates to Scorpio, death and transformation, which is the deepest. Well, there is a reason why in astrology, Libra ends with the beginning of Scorpio. Scorpio begins at the end of Libra. There's a reason why they're together and not necessarily opposite or completely disconnected. They share a border. Superficiality and depth share a border, which is kind of interesting. And of course, Scorpio rules healing and transformation and Libra rules fashion. So when we want to understand the changes that fashion puts or, or creates in our life or how fashion itself changes, we have to look, of course, at Scorpio. So anyway, what I'm looking at uh, here for you guys that can't see it is a beautiful woman holding flowers and having bell-bottom jeans and another guy shirtless, uh, barefoot, that has the same thing. And I wanted to give you an example of how beautiful it is. Why? Because I had a thought about uh, something. It started off with these guys. Uh, I hate sandals. Sandals are... Sorry if anybody is a designer of sandals, but I, I, I really dislike sandals. I think because I grew up in Israel in the 70s and again in the 80s, even now everybody's wearing sandals and I, I, I'm just looking down at my feet and, and seeing these uh, fingers kind of going in the sandals. It's disgusting to me. I remember maybe because when I was a kid, I was with my head down all the time. And I was watching people's feet and their sandals and their fingers sticking out of that. And sometimes people didn't really pay attention too much to their fingers because it's so or toes because it's so far away from there. It's almost like not caring about the periphery, you know. So I think it was a neglected part in the in um, uh, people's lives. And you know, the seventies in Israel, it's not like people had a, a tremendous amount of uh, fashion uh, uh, consciousness. So anyway, I don't like sandals. I really don't like sandals. I hated sandals even when I was a kid, but worse when I was um, growing up. So still today, when I saw these um, things become very popular, I said, oh my God, uh, the world is getting unsexy. But anyway, uh, it was a few days ago, a week ago, I remember my neighbor was a good friend of mine, uh, left these next to my doors. I don't know why. And I thought I have to throw the garbage. So I put my, my legs inside, my feet inside and went to throw the garbage. Uh, knowing that nobody, including me, will pay attention that I'm doing it. And then I've noticed, oh my God, my feet were just completely um, in love because apparently something about these, um, the sole here of, of, of the shoe or the sandal, whatever you want to call it, is so comfortable. It was almost like I was sinking in feathers, you know? And I was like, oh, I was so angry. It was just a walk of like, what, 30 seconds to the garbage bin and, and back. And my feet felt like they were floating. And I was saying, what's wrong with this? This is completely different technology from like, what, 40 years ago? I don't remember when the last time I wore sandals for school, they were flat and uncomfortable and you, you slide inside all the time. Now they're like a completely like a spacecraft, you know. Uh, I still don't like the fact. So, yeah, I got one, you know, of those. These are not my neighbors. These are mine. And anyway, I got it. 
and I um, started walking using them. I mean, I try not to look down because they're absolutely, to me, still disgusting. I try to wear uh, black socks, so at night you kind of lose yourself between the socks and the sandals. You can't really see your fingers, anything. It doesn't really matter. The idea was that I thought about it yesterday, and I thought, why... Uh, do I hate it so much? And, and, and why was it brought back to fashion in such a strong way? And then I thought, okay, I think I get it. I think what happened was that I probably reincarnated in the 30s or the 40s, you know, the beginning maybe of Israel where everybody wearing the kibbutzes, they were wearing sandals, and I just have some kind of trauma from that. And then when I was born again and saw uh, that sandals are everywhere in Israel, I kind of had flashes of my memories from past life and not liking it from then. You know, maybe my feet were chopped with sandals or something. Maybe I saw some catastrophe happening with sandals. Maybe it's from the Bible, you know, swords and sandals uh, kind of uh, stories. But anyway, what I've realized is that a lot of the people that were loving sandals in the 70s, they were old people. That's one of the reasons maybe I didn't like sandals so much. I hated watching like older people wearing sandals. I don't know why. Anyway, they died and then they're born as young people. And the first thing they thought when they were like tw- in their 20s is sandals. We must have sandals. We must design sandals. And they started design- designing these sandals, probably better uh, because after you die, you reprocess uh, technology and ideas. And then you're born again as a better sandal designer and that's why it's taking over the world right now and then i thought about jeans and the opposite thing that happened to jeans a lot of the uh, bottom bell jeans that i really loved i remember loving them in the 70s and uh, a little bit of the 80s the disco jeans they were kind of fun you know because you look down when you're dancing and you have these bells and your feet are free to do whatever they want the idea is that these people died probably from overdoses, uh, probably from, um, you know, uh, partying too much in the 70s or 80s. And then they're born again. And then in the 2000s, suddenly there are fashion designers coming out of uh, fashion schools in New York, in London, all over the world. And what do they design for us? Skinny jeans. You know, they force everybody to wear skinny jeans. So what I've realized is that this is happening not only like we talked here many times in TV. Remember we talked about how there's a lot of reruns and redoing of shows from the 80s because a lot of people that were young in the 80s got their Saturn return in the 2010 and 20s and started making movies about or TV shows about their life when they were younger. So what happened if that you were a, a, a kid in the 80s, like, you know, Stranger Things or stuff like that, or Dark, uh, the whole fascination with the 80s could be that executives or people who are creatives right now, it's their Saturn return 30 years from the time they were uh, in teenage, uh, when they were uh, growing up, right? So the songs from there, Kate Bush and so forth, it's returning after that because it's a Saturn return of those um, music or the fashion. So Saturn return, Saturn rules karma and past lifetime, and also the time it takes to people to die, born again, be around their 20s, 30s, and then push their fashion at us. That totally makes sense, at least to me. The other thing that was interesting is what I told you, the Pluto return to the U, to um, uh, Aquarius. And in the book of 2023, there is a section there about Pluto in Aquarius, the return of Pluto to Aquarius. And I specifically said there that the last time that Pluto was in Aquarius was when the United States Constitution was ratified and accepted, basically. And um, it's the birthday, you can say, of the USA Constitution. So in the chart of USA Constitution, you will see Pluto in Aquarius. That is happening again from 2023 on and off all the way up until 2044. So I said in the book, in that chapter specifically, that you'll see that a lot of people are going to start to revisit the Constitution and want to change it or make uh, adjustments to it. And what do I read yesterday in Mars retrograde in Gemini? Of course, we talked about Trump being a Gemini, being born on the eclipse on Gemini. Therefore, he's a super Gemini. And he came up with a a tweet yesterday, funny enough, on his social media called Truth, which is an ironic name, of course. Everybody knows that, including him. I think it's kind of a joke. Uh, And of course, what he said is that a former president must be, wait, what is that? Um, the White White House uh, rebuked Donald Trump after the former president said the U.S. Constitution should be terminated over his lie that the 2020 election was stolen. So here we have the beginning of that process that Pluto in 
Aquarius does. Uh, the same thing is going to happen in the French Revolution. Think something's going to happen in France as well in the next few years because it is a return of the French Revolution. The same thing is happening with the uh, Industrial Revolution. We're going to have major changes happening in technology or how we use energy while Pluto is in Aquarius. Why? Because when Pluto in Aquarius the first time, we started abusing coal and we also started um, uh, having this Industrial Revolution that led to the ozone layer, that led to all the pollution that we're dealing with right now and now Pluto returning it's like karma returning to us and we're going to have to deal with the ramification of enjoying if that's what you want to say kind of enjoying the prosperity that the industrial revolution has brought to us to so everything that happened during Pluto in uh, Aquarius in the past can return one of the worrying thing for me because I told you Palestine is going to go next year to a Saturn return and I predict there are going to be some intifada there it is also Pluto in Aquarius when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. So, again, we are heading towards pretty interesting and difficult times uh, in the Middle East. Um, Mars, Mars ruler of Scorpio in Gemini. Where did I write that? Ah, yeah. Today I saw that uh, in the morning when I was collecting the news to see if there's anything interesting happening with Mars. Mars is retrograding Gemini. Remember, we talked about it. Gemini is everything to do with communication, marketing, sales, words. Scorpio is the ruler of loans, other people's money, other people's talents, taxes, insurance, and so forth. And today was this message or this um, news about 9 million student loan borrowers received an email in late November when Mars was already retrograde with a subject line that their debt relief has been approved. Now, it should have stated the application has been received, not approved. An error made by the education department contractor. So again, nobody is um, outside the jurisdiction of Mars retrograde in Gemini. That's just an example that I saw today for that. Um, so now let's see if there is any questions or uh, things I could... Um, I, th I saw that there were a few questions... Let me see. Um, I saw that some of you guys had a little bit of... Yeah, you found that? Astrology, the, uh, looks like it's the appearance tab, everyone. Uh, I, wait, wait, wait. You managed to get it. I hope you managed to get the calendar. Uh, I'll show it again. Yeah, that was the only question. Let's see. If I can um, share it again. No, I don't think you can actually share it. But if you go to my website, it's very simple. Under the banner of uh, the uh, Astrology of 2023 book, you'll see it says, join the calendar. That's any kind of simple. Let's see. Any other uh, astrology-based questions? It's on my homepage. Yeah. Uh, let's see if there was anything before. The full moon Sabian symbol. I think I told you it's a it's a it's a boy actually, or a man, or a young man, which means our masculine uh, side is uh, growing. His head is growing and maturing. So it's almost as if there is some download of information or knowledge. I told you that. And full moon is going to be all about that data. So again, I'm going to be in Sofia next week. I'm going to do a class about. A practical mysticism. I'm going to do a class about 2023. You can look at my website. Everything is there. Then I'm going to be in Istanbul and we're going to uh, do readings there. Then I'm going to be in Tel Aviv to do readings. In Paris, we're going to have two workshops and readings. And in London, two workshops, three workshops. Uh, also a past lifetime regression is going to be available for everyone. So you can also join us. And if you have a Gemini rising, if you're a Gemini, if your moon is in Gemini, if you're in Sag, your moon in Sag and Sagittarius rising, of course, this eclipse is going to be more intense for you. So next week, uh, I might not sound as crisp and not look as bright. Uh, hopefully, I, I did get a new, uh, new light to take with me if it's not going to be destroyed uh, in the flight. So thanks a lot. Have an amazing week. I hope to see some of you tonight at 5 o'clock if you're in Los Angeles and care to hear about 2023 and the mysteries uh, that she is preparing for us. Thanks a lot for um, bearing with me and have an amazing week. Bye-bye.